Hi everybody and welcome to Rob Evans 365. Driving into the city today, three days of course, about to start out in three and a half hours and I'm setting out a little bit later than I would normally go into the city but um, most of the things I attend normally start at 8am or, or 9am, this is starting at 10am so i um, had a little bit of a sleep in, it's been a a big, a big week to date and three days ahead. Today is my birthday as well and I won't get to spend as much time with my family as I want to my kitties. Uh, so I am uh, looking forward to the day to see what, um, see what this course holds. If you listen to the last couple of days, you'll hear that I've got some apprehension for various reasons. You can go and listen to those. And so it'll probably be uh, later. I'll record it on the way home, so it'll be tomorrow's podcast. I'll record it on the way back from the city, because it'll take me about an hour, depending on the traffic that I'm about to get onto the freeway, what that's like, uh, to let you know what I thought of the course and um, how I've prepared and the open-mindedness and all that kind of stuff. So today, I wanted to talk about um, Elvis, because just yesterday... Last night, I finished watching uh, the movie, and I was very keen to go and see it in the cinema. And uh, I think any big movie like that is going to be better in a cinematic experience, just like Top Gun. I went to see that. Uh, strangely enough, the Top Gun movie is still not available on Apple yet. I've pre-ordered it. That was part of my birthday present. And I also bought the Elvis Winers. Uh, because that was available. I thought, oh, I really wanted to see it. So I watched it. Now, one of the first issues I had in uh, by the end of the movie, I thought, oh, man, I shouldn't have watched this other Elvis movie first. Um, I was scrolling through our local, uh, like the stream service of, uh, I was on Channel 7 here, so that'll mean, it's called 7 Plus, which will mean something to the people here in Australia. And... Uh, I think it was that movie. Yeah, I think it was on 7 Plus. And a... Oh, great. I'm coming up to the traffic standing still. Uh, there was an Elvis movie. And it was recorded in, in two parts. So I think overall it must have been close to three hours uh, in the end. And it was almost like a slightly different edge. But the same as uh, the, the Elvis movie that Baz Luhrmann created. So I don't know when the other one was created. But... Uh, they came at it from the same standpoint with a, a big emphasis on the colonel, etc. And so what I would say is the two movies were very consistent. Just that they had a slightly different uh, edge in the way that they delivered. So, um, putting that aside, if you haven't seen the Elvis movie, don't go watch another one first about Elvis. Wait to see this one. It's like with the Top Gun one. I was really looking forward to it. Well, it's been 30 years or something since the last one. And I didn't watch, uh, didn't want to watch any of the previews or, or trailers or anything. But you know how a lot of the trailers they they show all the like the best bits and put it all together. And then when you're sitting in the movie, you come to you know that it's coming up to that part. And for whatever reason, you think, oh, that must be where this happens. And then you see it, and think, oh, yeah, great, I knew that was coming. So try and avoid that with the Elvis movie. But anyway, my takeaways. 
uh, from the movie. Like, it really does make you reflect. Um, it's, it's very sad. I mean, he was 42 years of age at the time of his passing. And, okay, before I go any further, if you haven't seen it, switch off now. If you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you. But obviously, you know he's passed passed on, and I guess what I'm talking. I'm going to talk about it's mainly mainly factual, but um, it, it's sad to to see the the way that the uh, the prescription drugs and who knows if there's other stuff, but the prescription drugs took him. Um, the colonel who was with him till the the very end uh, took him from where he was to this massive stardom because he was a, probably a, a leading promoter at the time. He just had this this edge of being able to monetize Elvis. Now, the rest of it, I'll wait for you to see the movie to see how your interpretation of that, that character the Colonel played and what later played out subsequent to Elvis's death and so forth. Very similar to Michael Jackson, I think, in... You know his his musical path and and everything as well. Apart from obviously Michael Jackson was uh, a star at a ch- as a child, but um, you know the the way that the the medication, the success, the fame, all that kind of stuff, and what you know what that meant, and like Elvis was just you know burnt to the ground uh, with the the work schedule, and like I think he did. Uh, 15 concerts in this is at one point in the movie where they pointed out 15 concerts in 15 days in 15 different states now you just think about take out the the performance side of it and imagine if you had to just work in one state huge day huge adrenaline rush massive Uplift and then come down from that, and then do that day after day after day for 15 days. And he did that for years, uh, just performing, performing, performing. And uh, in order to help him get through it, he used the prescription drugs and whatever else was given to him to help uh, maintain the energy and all that kind of stuff. So it's very, it's very sad from that perspective. If you step back to the beginning, like when he passed away in 1978, I, I was 10. I was 10 years of age, and at 10, I knew who Elvis was. Like, we had Elvis records, multiple Elvis records in the house. I remember used to, I used to watch Elvis movies. We used to, I came from a country town in Bendigo, I was before, way, way before there were, you know, endless channels on TV and, and stuff. And uh, I used to watch the Elvis movies. We'd have one movie on... Uh, they used to, they used to be lunchtime movies, and through the school holidays, they'd do two. They'd do two back-to-back, and often there'd be an Elvis movie. I'd watch the Elvis movie and, um, and you know, look at how uh, good-looking he was and how talented he was and how he used to get all the girls all the time. And Of course, they were movies, but you know what I mean. Um, just the, the fame and all that kind of stuff, and I thought, wow... How amazing! How amazing! And 
uh, that, like just that his music I used to like his music um, you know there were many songs that I, that I used to enjoy mum and dad used to kind of sing along and you know all that kind of stuff with the with the music too sometimes they'd be played on the radio and uh, I remember the the huge uh, like Hawaii uh, type um, experience where it was I went to in the movie it says it went to 1.65 billion people around the world and still to uh, by satellite so at the time remember back in the 1970s like this was massive and so it went to countries all around the world to 1.65 billion people and it was and still remains the biggest live concert performance ever and this was done back in the 70s no one's been able to replicate that and this was the like the talent of the promoter the colonel and what he did and that was probably the biggest biggest thing at the at the end and uh, who knows how much he he made from that because of the you know, television rights and all that kind of stuff it was different in those days but um, when he's he's just getting to the you know the the big fame and the movies and all that kind of stuff and he was called Elvis the pelvis and I remember that as it's only mentioned I think a couple of times in the movie but I remember that as a child back in the 70s and if you think when he was coming through his uh, you know his success journey it was at a time in the US when uh, the Kennedys were shot both of them um, Martin Luther King like it was a very very traumatic time uh, a lot of upheaval, uh, the the way that uh, blacks were uh, was segregated from whites and all that kind of stuff. And but Elvis, it didn't matter. Like he got a lot of his inspiration uh, from. Um, I mean, it was Fats Domino. Um, you know, he he liked listening to the uh, you know the the music uh, that came from the the black community. And at a time when that was really frowned upon, and uh, all of the you know the media hype around his pelvis movements, and um, it was criminalised, and he wasn't allowed to perform and without uh, standing still, and you know he couldn't move his hips and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, just fascinating, a fascinating time, and. Then there was the all the, the, like the branding of Elvis, like the Colonel took branding to a, a whole new level of what we know now. Uh, but at the time, it would have been incredibly unique. And uh, there was Elvis everything. And there's a scene in the movie where they, you know, there's obviously T-shirts, and there's, um, you know, there's there's photos, there's the programs with all Elvis's photos and stuff that were sold at the concerts. I think from memory, don't quote me, I think there was an Elvis clock, um, an Elvis board game. And this was really clever. Uh, they had Elvis buttons, so, um, you know, like badges and that said, I love Elvis on the badge. But he also had other badges made up that said, I hate Elvis. 
and he thought he was going to cash in, this was the Colonel's idea, that he was going to cash in on both sides because it was at a time when it was controversial and uh, many of the, like the, the men, uh, the, the males in partnerships and stuff, they didn't like what Elvis was doing with his hips because the ladies were going nuts for it. Uh, the music, the movement, his look, all that kind of stuff. It was fascinating. So he was cashing in on that side of it as well. It's just really, really interesting to see how, you know, this is how branding really started to become uh, become more of a, you know, a, a big thing. And, you know, and then around the, uh, the same time, I don't know what, what the year it was when, like the exact year when, yeah, Elvis, the Beatles, etc. There are references to, uh, in the movie, Elvis making reference to the Beatles and, and that kind of stuff. And the music started to change. And um, I guess this was the, the, the other things about innovation and, and stuff. There were so many, like, business messages coming out of the movie. I love the, like, the branding part of it was, was really cool, though. I mean, if you think about his costumes and that kind of stuff, he had... A flair. He had this bling about him that was really fascinating. And like I had the the privilege of going to um, see um, his costumes, or some of them, uh, in Bendigo. Um, I don't know weeks ago now. <coughs> um, for they bought the uh, yeah, the oldest exhibition to Australia, and just seeing in person the detailing on these costumes. It's just incredible, uh, the, the weight that must have been in them, the capes, the designs, all that. The, each one of them was very unique. Um, yeah, I, I love that kind of thing. I thought, wow, if I was Elvis, I would have done that. You know, that, that flair and, and everything. I think it's really, really cool. But that was, and that then became part of, his, uh, part of his branding and then all the products and everything that came off that. I think it's really great. Um, but then, of course, uh, when it comes to a business and the innovation um, side of it, uh, so uh, even Elvis and his the huge brand and the music that he had, um, there was that, that point in time where he felt that he couldn't perform if he couldn't do the movements, you know, the, the hip movements, the gyrations, the, all that kind of stuff. That was just part of who he was. And he couldn't express his music uh, that way, if he couldn't, if he couldn't move, and so he went through this period of time because of he wasn't allowed to perform, so he couldn't make his money, etc. If he, you know, moved his hips and everything the way that he did, and so he had to go through this kind of rediscovery. And um, certainly, the way that it's posed in the movie is that going to uh, uh, to war was a bit of a branding exercise. To, to show that you know Elvis wasn't above the law, he wasn't above being conscripted, etc. And uh, actually, in the end, the way the movie made out, I, I don't know, I'd have to maybe rewatch this part. Um, they kind of made it like, well, you've got a choice. Um, you know, we'll let you perform in two years' time once you go and do your service or whether he did get conscripted. I'm not exactly sure. I always thought he got conscripted, but anyway. Um, so he went over there and, and did two years in Germany and Europe, then came back, and it changed his image in the eyes of the public 
because they thought, well, here's just this you know normal person that, uh, oh sorry, uh, uh, this star that has had to go to war. He survived. He's come back, and now people wanted a taste of his music again. And he had to rebrand. And I think uh, you know Priscilla played a, a big part in him making sure that he just performs the music that he wanted to perform rather than performing other people's musics, music and just becoming a, a machine of spitting out other people's music even though he sung other people's songs uh, you know with his his twist on them which was you know he just had an amazing voice and I think that was something that I thought was pretty cool uh, that he had the ability to to innovate and uh, you know sing the music in the end that he he wanted to um, you know he was he, he liked the gospel music and um, you can you can hear that through the way that he sang uh, a bunch of his songs but of course what they wanted at the early stages were the more rock and roll type of song so I've heard him talk about like actual interviews with him talk about it's kind of a combination of country rock and roll and, and gospel at different points and I think that ability for him to innovate and just be a star and you think wow if only if only he had maybe it wasn't the colonel but it, it was someone else uh, around him to support him in a way uh, to help him not be on the right medication I mean you can say that the same with Michael Jackson and uh, maybe it's a, the same for a lot of a lot of these stars you look at you know like Johnny Depp and his recent trial and all the stuff that came out of that you think wow why do you live such a you know a, a drug an alcohol type of, of lifestyle and you just wonder what if and um, you know dying at 42 and what if only had it been able to uh, be permitted to recover and rest and what true gifts he would have been able to bring out in the music he'd be able to bring out and just enjoy a, a long, long, happy life with his, um, with his child and, you know, Priscilla as well. Um, it's, you know, that part of it is, is sad. Um, but another aspect of it was um, you know, when I was younger... I think, and whether this is accurate or not, it's certainly the way that it was, the story that I picked up, uh, was that, um, you know, Priscilla was, you know, just using Elvis and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I mean, unless she knows the, the reality, but um, certainly, uh, you know, the way that she represents the Elvis brand now is, is really quite, quite lovely. Um, and I guess there's, that's always going to come into criticism and people say well she's just cashing in on the money and so forth one of the things that you have to have respect for is the fact that she left and the reason that she left only she will know those reasons the way that it's made in the movie is because of the uh, the medication the drugs and I think that is a great message for today because you shouldn't live with drugs. You shouldn't live with alcohol. You shouldn't live with the abuse. 
whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, whatever, family violence, you just you should not live with that. And it would have been at a time when, you know, he's at the top of his game and she could have just said, well, it's about this and that and the other. She didn't want any of that. She, she just wanted to protect her child, wanted him to be okay, wanted him to get off the drugs. He couldn't. And, <clears throat> and she made the decision to leave. That must have been so hard. So hard. So it takes you on a, a whole journey and um, I, I just think there's so much to take away from the movie itself because of just the feature that he was. I think he still remains the biggest selling individual artist of all time. You know, breaks so many records and this is in an era when we, we don't have the ease of you know, the marketing and the getting things out there on, on YouTube and social media and stuff. And ironically, there is so much stuff on YouTube about Elvis now. But imagine if you lived in an era now and, you know, what that would look like. Is that Ed Sheeran? You know, even like Michael Jackson, uh, he wasn't around when, you know, uh, you know Facebook was... Was it, I don't know, even created or, you know, certainly big and Instagram and things like that. He didn't have a presence. He probably does now uh, by virtue of, uh, you know, posthumous and so forth. But who's, who's the next Elvis or will there just never be one because he was so unique for his time and his craft and you have to admire it for that. Um, the sadness, that's... Um, a flame that burn out too, you know, too, too quickly. And I had a phone call last night uh, from, um, you know, a business colleague, a friend. I'd reached out to him um, through the week and just said, look, how's your dad going? Because his dad has, you know, um, been unwell uh, just recently. And he rang me last night. Actually, I had to put the Elvis movie actually had to put the Elvis movie on, on pause and sorry I'm a bit emotional and um, I said oh yeah how you, how you going and, and I said look have, you know, how's your dad and he said he passed away today and I um hard to um, drive and talk about this at the same time, but I just felt uh, sorry, just a, a wave of of sadness for him. dad only something like seven weeks ago was diagnosed with cancer and um, you know one thing led to another and he passed away in the morning and 
I don't know whether it was a combination of the emotion of you know what my daughter's going through um, yeah, the Elvis story and knowing that you know he'd taken time out at the end of his day to to call me to to let me know I didn't think this would be so hard to talk about maybe part of it made me think about my own mum and she had a similar similar sort of scenario I think for her maybe something like eight weeks or something like that from diagnosis to passing away you know cancer just it takes so many people and his dad my mum was not particularly healthy but um, his dad was uh, you know healthy from from all reports and I did say to him I said man I'm so sorry. I said, if if you're going to get it, and that's what's going to take you, then you want it to be fast. And at least, you know, his dad's not suffering. And I guess in moments like this, you consider your own mortality. And I think about like his dad. I think was seventy. So not not old, I think 73, but my dad was 77, mum was 66, Elvis was 42, I just heard somewhere yesterday um, as well, I think um, it's in the sporting field, I think he was like a rugby coach or something here in in Australia, he passed away at 49 and they didn't say anything about what caused his passing, but you're leaving behind a wife and kids and um, yeah you just life is precious and I think it's a reminder to you know to to love passionately and deeply and to you know pass on your gifts to if you have children pass them to your children share them with as many people as you can and you know thinking about Elvis and the digital world that we live in now and we have the ability to be able to uh, remain immortal digitally uh, because of what it is that the technology allows us to do and I've got a, a stupid car right in front of me merging it's 100 kilometres an hour and they're merging at like 60. Talk about dangerous. Uh, you know, part of the reason that uh, I do what I do right now, like recording these podcasts, and, you know, there's part of me that wished I started doing it 20 years ago, uh, so that I can leave a digital footprint for forever for anyone to pick this up and maybe have an impact on their life in a positive way to help them become a a better person help them get better results help them understand that challenge exists and the reason that I record these every day is so that you can 
you can follow my life every day to see you know, what what's going through my mind what am I what am I thinking about and it's not all you know sunshines and sunshine and rainbows uh, it's there's challenge there's pain there's heartache uh, every single day but in me talking about the different things you can hear how where my mindset goes and how I manage certain things. I like uh, what my daughter's going through, business challenges, um, dealing with medical professionals, you know, different different ranges of, of things that push different buttons and, and knowing that, wow, if I can still be successful and do what I do and do it in the way that I do, then maybe there's a lesson for, for other people in that as well and, and what can be learned. And for me, that's... I guess what I want to leave is my legacy. It's it's not money. You know, people talk about generational wealth. I mean, leaving generational wealth for my children, I don't believe helps them in a way that's going to help them become the best people that they can. You know, they'll get some money, uh, and they will be better off than I was better off when I was starting on, you know, on my journey into adulthood and so forth. But the, the concept of generational wealth so they never have to work or anything is, to me, not a smart goal. And if you uh, listen to people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and um, I think Mark Zuckerberg has followed, uh, it's not about leaving this incomprehensible amount of money to your children uh, because that's not, that's not helping them. That's not helping them to grow and become better people uh, because if you haven't had to earn the money you don't appreciate the money and those of you that don't have money that would say oh no that's not true give me the money and I would appreciate it uh, unless you've unless you've earned it it's it's very very different it's very very different I know what it takes to earn it and uh, it's it's just completely different trust me it just is and if you need any uh, I suppose history of of that being the case uh, have a look at all the lottery winners I'm talking about lottery winners that win massive massive amount hundreds of millions of dollars and they blow it all they just blow it all within a few years because they go and buy all the toys and they find that it's a, a curse to have all this money because of all the pain and everything that it brings them. So uh, it's not sunshine and rainbows. And so um, it's part of my legacy to, to leave as much digital footprint, empowering information that I can to make a difference to others. And I hope you listen to this right now. You're one of those. And today it's just a different different look. You know, I've... I've I look at movies like that and I take out the inspiration, the learnings and how, how do I become better as a result of that. And, um, sometimes it's just an experience, other times there are these, these bigger lessons in life that you know, we can take out and um, yeah, that's what it is for today. So uh, mixed emotions for today, I mean the euphoria of... Uh, you know, watching Elvis, um, you know, the sadness in the, 
uh, his passing and the reminder of um, you know, how his life just went on a decline and how he probably ended up passing away being very, very unhappy uh, because he wasn't with Priscilla um, visitation rights and stuff with his child, Lisa Marie, and um, the, the power of the branding and kind of the birth of the branding and you know the trauma of that era through the 60s and 70s with the Vietnam War and assassinations in, in the US and music changing and all that kind of stuff, him rediscovering, rediscovering himself and what he really wanted to, to be was a, a real quality actor and the irony is the actor that played him in the role of Elvis put in a, a remarkable performance as did Tom Hanks I imagine there'll be Plenty of Academy Awards are coming their way as a result of the, of the movie. Just tremendous acting performances. And Tom Hanks is probably my favourite male actor um, from his early work in, in comedy to, you know, Forrest Gump to, you know, what he's doing now. It's, it's truly remarkable. He's so adaptable. Um, so I love seeing him in, in new roles. It's just so much in a, a movie. And Baz Luhrmann, like Moulin Rouge, he, he created that. And, uh, you know, tremendous movie. And uh, what he was able to do with Elvis uh, was yeah, truly remarkable. So well done, Baz. Um, Australian director. Uh, fantastic. So just an all-round experience. Very long movie. I think it's 2 hours and 34 minutes. That's a long one. Strap yourself in. Um, I watched it over two nights. Probably a little bit too much for me to do all in one. One hit. So... Um, that is my learning from yesterday, today. I'll uh, let you know how my course is going. I'm not in the city yet. I'm still driving. So stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. Follow your dreams. Live with that passion that you've got inside. Love those around you. And keep raising that standard. Don't settle. See you tomorrow.